welcome to Cloud Tech Talks, your go-to cloud podcast from Amadis Technologies. This is Sindhu Priya, Marketing and Alliances Executive from Amadis. I have with me Madhu Kumar, founder and CEO of Amadis Technologies, who is going to be the host for today's episode. I'm beaming with enthusiasm to introduce the guest for today. We have with us a luminary in the field of cloud technology for whom an elaborate introduction is hardly necessary. The name is enough. We have none other than David Lenticum with us, a thought leader, renowned author of a whopping 7,000 plus articles, 15 best-selling books, cloud technology influencer with more than 1,70,000 plus followers on LinkedIn, an innovator, and most importantly, a humble human being who speaks as if you had achieved a little. So welcome to Cloud Tech Talks, David. We are privileged to have you with us today. Well, it's great to be here. I'm looking forward to the discussion. All right. So listeners, it's going to be a fireside chat between our CEO, Madhu, and David on diverse cloud technology trends. We can look uh, forward. Let's get into the hot discussion. Madhu, it's all yours now. Set the stage, stage on fire. Okay, thank you, Sindhu. David, nice to have you again. Um, when Sindhu mentioned to me that, hey, David is coming for a fireside chat, I actually had to prepare David a lot. <laughs> um, today, when we are talking about future cloud trends, uh, I'm actually taking some questions from a couple of my uh, customer friends, CIOs, who have been asking me questions. And I said, oh, okay, David is with us. This is the right forum for me to repeat those questions and get his views. And I'm sure, you know, most of them, customers, couple of uh, industry folks are looking forward to listening from you. Uh, where do you think the trends are? So why don't I put it this way? Uh, why don't we start with the first question as um, with so many uh, cloud adoption growth, exponentially over during the pandemic and all. Uh, what do you think about the next three to five years? Is the speed going to be there or do you see some roadblocks? Let's start with that initial topic and then I have a couple of very specifics on cloud trends. How does that sound? Yeah, that's a, no, that's a great question. I think the speed is gonna slow down a bit because uh, yeah. the fact of the matter is a couple of things are happening. Number one, we miss migrated many applications and workloads. So in other words, we put things in the cloud that probably didn't belong there. And so that's why we have the, the, the efforts around repatriation today and people are leveraging on-premise solutions. The other thing is the price of uh, on-premise hardware has dropped significantly where the yep. cloud prices have maintained uh, pretty much the same state, if not ridden, risen a bit. And everybody kind of had a sticker shock in 2022. So the sort of enterprises that I know of that move 30 to 40% of their workloads they were anticipating a cost savings and they were finding, found out that the use of cloud cost them 2.5 times uh, the amount of money that they anticipated it costing. So everybody's slowing down to go faster. That definitely doesn't mean the cloud's not, no longer an architectural option. It'll always be an architectural option, but we're getting out of the silliness of, you know, say five to 10 years ago. And certainly I heard this during the pandemic, what was always the default answers people are telling me we're cloud only or we're you know we're, we're uh uh are you can't really limit your architecture and limit your options to just a particular type and pattern of platform and i think people understand that so in that aspect it's going to slow down a bit but i think it's going to speed up in terms of our ability to either refactor the stuff that's got on the cloud that needs to be made more efficient and optimized and look more carefully at the workloads that we're moving the other thing is the movement into generative AI. 
And that could go either way. It could be very cloud-focused or very on-premise focused. I think it's going to be a bit of both. I think the reality is, is that many businesses, and probably rightfully so in many instances, view it as a game-changing technology they need to invest a lot in. Of course, we heard that about cloud back in 2009, 2010. Uh, and they're looking for the value within that technology. So we're going to see kind of a, an accelerated adoption of cloud and non-cloud systems uh, to support these net new generative AI systems and the generative AI augmentation that's going on. And then, you know, the other thing is just trying to figure out the complexity of all this. In other words, we're moving to very complex distributed environments, edge computing is always the case, multi-cloud. And, you know, going, slowing down to figure out how to mitigate the complexity as we move forward. I think those are the, uh, those are the key things that we'll see in the next few years. Very, very, very well said. In fact, um, David, this was uh, coincidentally when you talked about Genity AI, this happened a couple of weeks back when I was sitting with my, one of my customers and, um, they were all around saying that, look, cloud providers, be it Azure or AWS, Google, they're all coming with this industry cloud on one side, you know, trying to say that, hey, I am your all-in-one provider for you. We can do everything for you. But on the other side, I have this constant fear that, am I getting locked in somewhere, you know? Am I getting back to the ERP world 20 years back when ERP started doing everything and everything for customers. So this this topic of, you know, this vendor lock-in versus industry cloud. Uh, you, you think uh, these providers are going to put more money into industry clouds and try to bring, you know, the industries into my forte? Where, where do you think the heads are there? Uh, this, is, this is one area I can tell you, at least three to four CIOs this year has been asking me again and again, hey, what's happening with this industry cloud? There is too many hype I'm hearing it. Uh, where are we and what do you think? You know? Yeah, there's a couple of things that are dynamically interesting that are occurring in the industry cloud space. Number one, everybody is moving in those directions. And the thing is, there's always yeah. been a verticalization of cloud technology over a long period of time. Their lock-in is really going to be a foregone conclusion. You know, People talk about leveraging open systems and things like that. No matter what technology you build something in, it's typically going to be locked in to a certain degree. And so if you're leveraging cloud-based technologies, you're gonna leverage the native security services and native storage services, databases that are proprietary only to them. Uh, and then as well as the industry specific services. So anytime you do that, whether it's a verticalized service that, that operates one in a particular industry, a cross service like storage and compute, you're going to end up locking yourself on that particular platform. I think that's the bad news. The good news is almost no one ever moves it once it's there. So they may do some refactoring and some improvements, but the expense and cost of moving it, no matter how open they say it was or the much they avoided lock-in, is going to be something they're going to have to pay. And you got to remember, we do have options. We can use the least common denominator approach. We can use uh, you know pure Kubernetes and containers but there's a large expense in doing that. So if you wanna migrate systems in those way, uh, at least common denominator approach means we're building it in a common way that's gonna operate across platforms, but you're giving up a tremendous amount of features and there's cost associated with doing that, probably more so than any savings you get from that. And then the ability to use completely open systems and there's a tax associated with that. If you're gonna containerize an application, there's lots of additional development that has to occur. So. 
my advice to enterprises is not necessarily freak out about lock-in because number one, it's not usually not going to impact you no matter how locked in you get and look for the right solutions for your particular application profiles. Many instances, the cloud providers are providing industry-specific services. So we have finance verticals, we have uh, we have retail verticals, healthcare Retail, verticals, yeah. things like that. They'll get you further down the road. And if you can use what I call OPC, other people's code, to solve these issues, you know, by all means, do that. The other dynamic that kind of threw in here is that now the arrival of generative AI and everybody's rethinking their enterprise uh, application and their industry-specific strategies. And so mm -hmm. we have LLMs that are specifically built for the retail business, the healthcare business, things like that. In many instances, those will provide some of the core functionality and they're more dynamic and easier to integrate than industry-specific services within cloud providers that are more procedural in nature. In other words, it's logic and things like that and databases. So it'll be interesting to see how they normalize moving forward. I think they're gonna combine one with the other. Industry-specific services are basically gonna be based on LLMs, um, but right now it's a changing and dynamic world. And, and the concern would be if I was someone who's looking at that technology is you're gonna invest in it and end up uh, holding on to something that uh, is going to change so much that you're gonna have to put a lot of cost behind it where it ceases to have the value of moving to that particular service. I hear uh, what you say. I think that's um, that's a very good feedback to, I personally, for me too, it's, it's a good input. Um, and you know, in, in that sense, when you look at this um, vendor neutral development or cloud native developments, you know, David, I, I look at the way the cloud migrations has been, you know, last five to 10 years, many digital transformations projects. Uh, I think the success of cloud migration has still in, I don't want to call it quote unquote periphery, but the large monolithic mainframes are still out there on prem. Uh, you you pick uh, large financial services, airlines, or oil and gas, or retail. There is definitely cloud migration. There is there is absolutely no doubt about it. But these uh, I don't want to name it IBM or Unisys or all these mainframe folks. These guys still run large workloads on on prem. You know. Now this dilemma that if you do lift and shift then once you're in cloud, then you're in trouble. So you need to do proper planning, cloud native development. So do you do you foresee this large monolithic apps moving to cloud in some form? Uh, how, how do you think that will happen? You know, that's actually the, the real, um, because I come from the service world and I see that as the real, real crux. If a if couple of big bangs and they say that, oh, I've moved everything to cloud and I'm completely on a service-oriented architecture or an API first, that makes uh, life easier and comfortable to all the other folks, you know? Uh, that's not happening yet, you know? While, while the engineering team is pushing, saying that, oh, I want to do the model technology. I want to adapt new things. I, uh, the, the LLMs, uh, the coding advantage, um, I see that these are all for new technologies. Nothing is for the old legacy ones. Where where do you think this this push pull mechanism will happen over the next three to five years? You know, do, yeah, do you see I, that I, as an issue? You know, do you? Yeah, and I I see some applications never having to move to the cloud, and they should move to the cloud. You know, I was talk, I talked okay. about in my book that yeah. we're going to hit a saturation point at about seventy percent, where 
the other 30% are uneconomically viable and don't have a compelling reason to put it on the cloud-based platforms. And, you know, if they need to commingle with cloud services and others, they need lots of data surrounding it and different databases and things like that, that's going to be a compelling reason to move it to the cloud and make the migration and bite the bullet and refactor the application. Most of those applications don't need that. They, they run in a very monolithic environment. The data is tightly coupled to them. They may run on an old mainframe system, an old LAMP stack, an old, you know, Unisys, you know, 9000. Yep. Uh, and they run just fine and they're not pulling support for those platforms. And the reality is that platforms are actually getting cheaper. So there's no compelling reason that provides a business benefit to move to the cloud other than kind of the managed by magazine crowd that kind of looks at this as the modern way of doing it. And they're actually focused on Gen AI right now but may end up doing lots more damage than they think they're going to do. And so you do get these situations where people take these things and almost force fit them in the cloud. So somehow they find you can move anything to the cloud rally, including mainframe systems, and you can have code translators that translate into Java code and things like always a huge mess when you deal with that kind of stuff. And it doesn't necessarily buy you anything in the cloud except for a larger cloud bill. They normally don't mess with those applications once they're running on those systems. They're not necessarily optimized. So I always get to the state where people drive me nuts. They go, well, it worked. Okay, yeah, it worked, but it costs three times as much as running it on premise. So what's the compelling reason to move it into the cloud? Well, it's the cloud. I mean, was did we hooked up different databases? Is there, is there a dynamic scalability that's needed? Need to auto-provision systems? No, none of that. And if there's not a compelling reason, you shouldn't do it. And there has to be a business benefit for making that happen. So the idea, and I, we ran into this during the pandemic because people made emotional decisions in moving into the cloud because they viewed the on-premise systems as being at risk because in some instances, and, and they, I understand why they thought this, uh, their data centers were quarantined. They couldn't get in there and, and uh, change out hardware. It was against the law for them to be uh, in these buildings. And uh, the cloud providers didn't have such an issue because they, they could run anywhere. So they just ran their, their data centers and the, where the laws were more applicable, we're going to be more productive around the use of, use of the technology. So I think it's going to be getting into, you kind of get to the pattern that we're talking about here. It's going to get into more of a pragmatic and optimis, optimization understanding of the system, which I always knew we'd have to get back to. Uh, so even though the technology and the new technology, the shiny new stuff does make a difference, we kind of know you know, 12 to 15 years in, depending on when you started cloud, what it does and what it doesn't do, what its advantages are and what its disadvantages are, how much it costs. Uh, and those those uh, prices and those usage patterns are starting to stabilize. So now we can make solid decisions and kind of understand where we're heading. We're heading to a complex, heterogeneous distributed environment. Mm -hmm. we're, going, we're going to run the applications in databases, in some cases, the same applications across different platforms on the platform that's optimized for these systems. And whether it's edge-based computing on my wristwatch or, you know, um, you know, in a data center on a mainframe that's been around for 30 years, in a cloud that's been around for 30 days, industry-specific services, all these sorts of things, it really depends on the application and the profile of the workloads that you're working on. Um, we're thinking that way now more as a culture, not in every culture I see out there. I do see kind of some emotional decisions moving into these systems. Um, but we got to do it that way. And so the cloud providers hopefully should get on board and kind of understand, hey, we're a fit here, not a fit here. And not the same you just mentioned earlier, and I get that all the time. We need you to move every application and data set in your enterprise to our walled garden. We can shut down your data center. We'll help you lease yep. it out. Yep. Okay, well, now I'm, I'm, I thank you very much for doing that. I don't have a data center, so I'm part of the cool kids. 
but I'm also missing out on lots of value that the business really needs to the point of you running the business into the ground. And I do think we're going to see strategic mistakes that are made in platforming decisions that are having huge disadvantages from the value that it's bringing back to the business. They're going to bring down businesses because they can't innovate as fast. They can't provide the price points um, as quickly as they can. They can't provide the, the, the customer experiences that they're looking for. They're not focused on the core business stuff. They're more focused on where their stuff runs and moving stuff from place to place. Lift and shift actually adds no functionality, zero. And, and it may actually take away functionality in many instances, but it costs millions of dollars to make those lifts, lift and ships, you know, and it's the cheapest way to do the cloud migration. So we're spending all this money, which is resources that's being diverted from other uses within the business. And it's just not going to have the benefit, at least most of the time. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. But, you know, it's the it depends uh answer to questions that, that consultants always give that drive people nuts. But the reality is it it's always been, it depends. And it always depends on the number of factors, the type of business, what you're running, your t existing tech as is technology stack, how bad, bad things are right now, how designs that need to be improved, optimization needs to occur. A lot of complex things that people quite frankly don't have the uh, appetite to go through right now, but we're gonna have to do that to get things to the next level, to get things to a more optimized state. Yeah, I, I liked uh, you. You said you know there could be some strategic mistakes made. You know it, that that was just music to my ears. Great, uh, thank you, Madhu, for your thought-provoking questions. Uh, we need to halt here. Uh, we have come to the end of part one of this fireside chat. Let's continue the same in our next episode, listeners. Till then, continue writing your cloud-related challenges to info at the rate of amdisglobal.com. We'll address that in our upcoming episodes. Till then, enjoy your cloud journey. Thank you.